Welcome into Think Deeper, presented by Focus Press. I'm your co-host, Joe Wilkie, joined as always by my brother Jack Wilkie and Will Harib. We have a great episode today, uh, but before we get into that, I wanted to, to say, I know summer schedules are going to be filling up for churches that a lot of times they're making their discussion or they're making their plans ahead of time, and we want to just throw out there that we do offer seminars, and each of us offers something different. Jack is uh, does great church reset seminars. I've been to a few of them. They are fantastic, um, and can't can't recommend those highly enough for the church reset based on his book. If you have not read that, go buy that today. Um, Will offers seminars for youth and family and helping them strive to, for greatness, basically, and and to really help the youth and family. And so he's got uh, a great seminar on that. I, of course, offer a seminar on uh, porn addiction, also on holy sexuality, and we do some youth and teen seminars. Mine is Understanding Why. Will's got his own on um, teen work as well and going with the families. And we also offer, what we're going to start offering, is a gym podcast-themed um, seminar. And so if you're interested in that, let us know. But Godly Young Man, correct. For those that, correct. If you don't know what that is, go check it out and, and make sure that you hit the hit the like button, give us a review, all of that. A positive review, that is. Um, but we're also excited to say, this is something we've been discussing of how we would do it. We're looking to do a Think Deeper seminar where all three of us would, would show up. We can, if you'd like our individual talks just to hear us um, in, in our own individual pursuits, we can do that. But we're also thinking of we could record, go back to some of your favorite episodes, um, either record an episode from there with people there, or to go back and rehash some of those things and do some Q&A and things like that. So we're pretty excited about that. If that's something that you're interested in, if your church might be interested, please let us know. Uh, reach out to us on Facebook, the, the Focus Press Facebook page, the Think Deeper Facebook page. Uh, message e- any of us, all three of us, on uh, Facebook privately, or just email us. Um, and, and you can find all of that, uh, all of that on focuspress.org. But fellas, anything you'd add to that? All right. Well, we have what I would consider, uh, as we're thinking of synonyms to be a difficult, uh, podcast today, a little bit of a difficult podcast. We'll go ahead and introduce us. Sure. So we're talking about Christian entertainment, um, entertainment choices for the Christian, I guess would be another way to put that. Uh, and it's one of those things, the, the reason why it's difficult, as, as we're going to discover with this episode, is there's really no other way to put it in, other than there's a lot of gray area here. Uh, I, we firmly believe there are some black and white areas that we are going to hit on, but as far as the realm of, you know, cuss words in movies, um, what types of movies should we avoid? Again, I think we all have our opinions. We all have our certain lines that we don't think that Christians should cross. The thing about it is every line is different. Um, and so I let me start by saying this before I, I hand it off to one of these guys. In my work with young people and in my interactions with young people and the fact that I would still consider myself a relatively young person, I have seen firsthand the dangers that worldliness can um basically wreak havoc on young people. In fact, I think I've even said on this podcast before, I think one of the the scariest things moving forward for the church is that young people specifically are growing more and more comfortable with worldliness, of thinking that that they can be uh, incredibly worldly 
but also can then have one foot in the church. And, and I've made the point that, that's, that that should be very scary for the church because it's it's giving off this idea that you can kind of be half in on God and half in on the world, which we know from James 4, we know from the words of Jesus, is simply not true. Um, and so when we're talking about worldliness, though, at least for me, guys, I don't know about you, but when we're talking about worldliness, my mind always goes to entertainment, always goes to movies, always goes to music, TV shows, Netflix, whatever it is. Um, and so I think this is a question that a lot of Christians have, especially you think about Christian parents who are trying to figure out what, what, what level of allowance do I give my kids as far as letting them watch certain things, watch certain shows, all all their friends are talking about this show. Do I let them watch it? And so I I think there are a lot of questions here. As, as I started talking about, the problem is it's hard to give a definitive answer on every single episode. If you came to us and said, Hey, uh, my kids are wanting to watch this show. What do you think? You know, depending on the show, we might be able to say, yeah, that one's probably not a good idea. But there's a lot of them that are simply gray, and we're going to get into that a little bit more later. But guys, as I hand it back off to you, speak to a little bit more about why we believe this is so important. Again, the diff- albeit with a lot of difficulties as far as coming down hard on certain things, we're going to do the best we can. But why is this one just so important for Christians to at least consider and at least think about? You think about the posture of watching television or listening to music, you know, you're listening to this podcast right now. It's in your headphones or, on, or coming over your car speaker or whatever. You're listening, and we're, we're putting ideas into your head. That's uh, We've talked before. That's not something we take lightly. In the same sense, when you sit and watch the TV, it's the same posture as Sunday when you're sitting and listening to a sermon. You are passively taking in ideas. Um, even, even movies and stories and, and sitcoms and children's cartoons and all that, there are ideas, there are stories, and, and I think that's become a... A big thing in recent years, Jordan Peterson and people like that, like, here's what the archetypal stories are teaching us about, you know, life and who we are and mankind. And I mean, there, there's so many ideologies behind a story. And if you don't believe that, look at a, a movie, a kid's movie from the 1950s, the classics of Disney or whatever, and then at the ones to today. They disciple you. They assume a worldview, and they work in that world. Movies like Turning Red and things like yes. that that Pixar put I mean, out. Some of this awful stuff that's out now, whereas you watch Bambi, and it's like, that was made by people who lived in a different world. And and so those ideas, we are passively taking in. And I noticed this about myself uh, a number of years ago when I, I was single, lived alone, had a lot of time to myself, and so it's just, okay, what's on? What's on Netflix? What, what can I stream? And, you know, you try a show here or there, and there was one that I was uh, watching, and... I look back and I'm like, why on earth was I watching that? I, I shouldn't have watched that. But it was one of those, most sitcoms have this, where the people on the show are dating somebody new all the time, all the time, all the time. And you start getting this lack of discontentment, or this lack of contentment in your life of like, man, everybody's out there with somebody and I'm not. And I'm like, No, they're not. But this is an idea that was planted in my head by the show. And so this is the way worldliness creeps in, is it starts just showing you a way of life, a way of viewing the world, a way of thinking. And and we start, again, as I said, it's passive consumption of these things. And so it puts them in our, our minds. It can really, and sorry, Joe, real quick. So I was just going to say for young people specifically, it can really shape their worldview. And Jack, I think that's what you were getting at there. And you think exactly. about how moldable young people's minds are. You got a 15, 16 year old that is letting his or her worldview be shaped by the latest Netflix show or the latest, you know, you fill in the blank. That's where this can become a problem. Sorry, Joe, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I think it used to be really subtle if you ever want to go down a rabbit trail, maybe conspiracy theory if you want to. But the subliminal messaging that that Disney has had for a long time, 
our brains are really good, and not just adult brains, kid brains are really good at picking up those archetypal stories, picking up the themes, picking up the subliminal messages, and they're very good. They know this. The the people that are creating TV shows, creating movies, they know that we will pick up on these things, but now it's so overt. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, I didn't watch the Grammys. I absolutely saw um, the aftermath of what happened and with Sam Smith dressing up as Satan. Just a horrible Basically, thing. the entire performance not was even... a tribute to Satan, is what it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, and you take Lil Nas X, and, and he's, uh, you know, the rap artist, and, and all his satanic imagery that he had in a music video going a year ago. Like, they're not even trying to hide at this point. Forget the subliminal messaging. They're going right to, hey, this is what we believe. This is what, what it's at. And, yeah, you can defend, quote-unquote, defend it by saying, oh, no, it's just performance. It's not that big a deal. What messages are we allowing in our mind? And when we allow that and it's working on the subconscious, we have to take the subconscious seriously because the subconscious a lot of times drives the consciousness. This is why we dream about certain things because it's clearly our mind wants us to think about it and it comes from the subconscious. All of these TV shows and movies and entertainment itself, even music, it's all really affecting the consciousness but also the subconscious and we need to be aware of that and this is how worldliness creeps in where we now all of a sudden start wanting to cuss or we start wanting to to make things overtly sexual or or whatever well, it on, may the, be. on the sam smith thing right before we came on we were reading a tweet by a christian mocking the outrage of oh you know it this must be satanic because he's dressed like satan Okay, number one, he's dressed like Satan, surrounded by women who are barely clothed. I didn't watch the video. I saw it like two seconds. I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. Um, and not only that, but the song is about adultery. I looked up the lyrics of the song because I think the song is called Unholy. And you've, this, Unholy. This Christian that, guy. I'll tell you all you need to know right there. Well, okay, so this Christian guy was the one that left us a one-star review, so a shout-out. I'm sure he's not listening. Um, but, you know, he came across my Twitter feed with a tweet about... You know, oh boy, you know, everyone just thinks this is Satan. Like, think about where we are culturally, where in times past, this would have been unthinkable to get up there dressed like Satan and, and sing about adultery with, you know, women not, unclothed women dancing all around you on national TV in front of millions of viewers. Like, this is where you get to. And you think about, again, the sitcom thing that started, you know, even the 80s Cheers and Seinfeld in the 90s and, and so on and so forth of everybody's having sex and they just put that idea out there and it just becomes a thing. Um, in another sense of uh, the homosexuality thing, go watch any 90s TV sitcom, which maybe after you're done with this, you're going to say, I'm never done, I'm never watching TV again, so maybe not, but um, go watch any of those. Every one of them has some reference to homosexuality where the homosexual person is the butt of the joke. They did that for a reason. That was literally planned is this is how they're going to become comfortable with us is, oh, we're just your, your, I mean, literally what they're saying are your fruity friend, you know, and, uh, oh, wow. Oh, no, no, I don't like you like that. And okay, well now it's normalized and you go from that to now humor gets it yeah, accepted. It, it gets accepted and then the foot is in the door and now it's celebrated. And so you think, how does a culture go from thinking, I mean, like nationally, nobody wanted gay marriage in 2008 to where a few years later they want it. Conditioning. It's ideas being put in your head every time you turn on the TV at night, every time you go to the movies, every kid's movie, you know, they started putting these things in. We want to teach kids that it's normal to have trans friends and have your, your friend's mom has, or your friend has two moms. And I mean, ideas are planted through these things. And what we're seeing right now is everyone looks at the last 10 years and goes, it's gotten so bad. No, it's gotten so obvious. 
They don't have to hide anymore. Sure, sure. It was subtly in there for decades, and this is how a culture gets changed is through these media. So let's get to what many would consider to be the most um, obvious solution. I want to come back around to the biblical principles here in just a second. Guys, I know we're kind of jumping ahead in the outline here, but I want to go ahead and get into, because we're laying out just how truly debaucherous a lot of the entertainment industry has gotten, and we barely scratched the surface just right here, but the easiest solution, and I know personally a lot of people that would say this, is, well, let's just give up entertainment altogether. Let's smash our TVs with a baseball bat. Let's you know, get rid of, of the radio. Let, let's just completely avoid all entertainment. And I want you guys to comment on that. I struggle with this one personally because on the surface, yeah, it makes sense, right? But, you know, all right. I, you know, if, if there's if there's nothing, if that's what that industry is pushing, you just need to completely give it up altogether, right? You, we, we've made those same parallels with Disney, right? That's, that's Disney's agenda. And so a lot of people very close to me have made the argument, let's just boycott Disney altogether, right? Which I'm starting to uh, decide more with. But I say that to say the reason I struggle with it is because typically a lot of the people that I hear make this argument, the, well, let's just give up entertainment altogether. Typically, they're the people that don't watch the movies anyway, don't watch the shows anyway, don't listen to the music anyway. And it so, costs them nothing. Right. It's awfully convenient that they're the ones saying, let's give up the entertainment. You know what I mean? It, it'd be similar to me saying, you know, I really think we should boycott Android. Android is just ridiculous. I don't own any Android products. So big deal that I'm boycotting Android. You know what I mean? That's what... That's why I struggle with this because, again, typically for me, anytime I hear somebody make that argument, it's somebody older than 50 years old who doesn't own a TV anyway. And so I want you guys to comment on this point because, again, logically speaking, it does make the most sense. We'll just completely give it all up. What would you guys say to somebody who, who says that? I'm going to give a counterpoint just briefly because you're right. I mean, there are people who it costs them nothing, and so it's very easy to say. I think for all of us, we have to start with the approach to this discussion of, you know what, if my study of what God wants me to do to be holy means throwing away my TV and shutting off all my streaming services and not going to the theater and, and not buying secular music, whatever you know list of things. If, if my convictions lead me to that, I have to be ready to do it. You have to start with that posture. If you're not starting with that sure, posture, sure. because I think it's very easy to start with, well, it's not wrong and so it's fine. Well, you start with a blank slate. You start just trying to wipe the tables of what does God want me to do? And I, nothing is off the table. Uh, on the other hand, as Will said, that's kind of the easy solution. Just scrape everything. But when you do that, you know, I, I think a lot of times books versus TV and movies get put against each other. And there is, you know, for a reason, some, you know, books can be a lot more intellectual or whatever else, but that doesn't mean all TV is not. But think about all the books you can read that have stuff in them. I mean, like, People who might say, oh, you can't watch such and such, you can't do this, that, or the other thing. Well, Orwell's 1984. Uh, have you guys read that one? Very important yeah, book, very yeah. powerful yeah. book. has a sex scene in it. I mean, like, and, and so the whole, well, I'm going to retreat to books. Or, I mean, just how many of the, like, the books that are popular among women that I have no interest in reading, uh, Austin and things like that, which I know people always tell me, no, you need to read it, it's so good. How much feminism is in things like that and, and ideas that we don't really want to push? And so this is Oh, you're talking those... Jane Austen. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, Pride and Prejudice. This is one of those in the world, not of the world kind of things of, I mean, if you're going to throw your TV out, you got to be way more selective about the books you're reading and all, all of these other things. And so what I'm getting at here is it takes a lot of wrestling. It, it takes a lot of 
looking at this as objectively as we can, as scripturally as we can, and think, what does God want me to do? The easiest things to do are say, it doesn't matter, I get to do what I want, or say, I'll just throw everything else out and, and I don't have to think about it. But I wrote on this a few years ago on, on listening to foul language, you know, having coming across that. And the easiest answer is, well, just never. Well, okay, but the discussion's a little deeper than that. And, and I've, the article is up on focuspress.org. But when I said we need to wrestle with this, and I said everyone's line is somewhere, and, and there's something that I think we could agree is clearly wrong, but there's also room for debate on this. And the fact that I said there's room for debate made people really mad. And I said, okay, well, where's your line, and what's your scripture to, to back it up? And, and you know, and some people's, people's lines were all over the place, but they were mad at me for acknowledging that people's lines are all over the place. And so that's what we want to do with this episode is kind of share our wrestles with these things and ask you to wrestle with these things of what should I observe? What should I take in? What should I not? Where should I um, draw the line? And it's hard. That's why we call this a difficult episode. It's very hard. And this is from an individual perspective. That's, That's the other thing, Jack, as you're talking about it. Look, if you want to boycott everything, if you want to just throw away your TV, good for you. If that's your pursuit of holiness, as Jack's talking about, we need to have that posture. But that's an individual I'm going to say thing. this. The moment everybody I know who doesn't own a TV or who threw theirs out is a lot happier and more peaceful than everybody else I've known. And so it's one of those, like, the fruit does seem to lend toward that maybe being the conclusion, even if I'm not ready to go there myself. Maybe I should. I don't know. But as you're saying, Joe... You can't demand everybody else do that. You can't say that is exactly right. how it has to be. Because holiness is an individual walk with God. There are blanket things that we can all say, this is how to be holy. But I think James 4.17 comes into this a lot of the time. Of Hey, if you know the right thing to do or if it violates your conscience, we get into Romans 14, which we will hear in a bit. But, you know, with the idea of not binding, and I think this that's where the discussion lends toward is can we bind this? But I think it's a great choice for yourself. You just can't tell me you need to throw away your your TV, otherwise you don't love God. Okay, hold on. Um, so as we wrestle with some of these, and we have a lot of objective and subjective things to get through in our outline, these are the main principles we're taking. That's why we're laying it out at the beginning that there is some gray here. We are not coming down as this is gospel truth. This is our study. This is our wrestling, as Jack mentioned, but it's also an individual side. So we're not going to be um, we're not going to be blanket statement you know, on a lot of these things. Some things we are, and we'll get into the objective. But we also know from the entertainment side, and going to your point, Will, of all of us giving up entertainment, the Apostle Paul was very familiar with, seemingly, with Greek plays or or Roman plays, and he was also familiar with the games, with athleticism, which they did naked. So Paul was quite familiar. He had an opportunity to tell people, don't even think about going to those things, and he didn't. Uh, the same way we kind of make the the discussion of soldiers. John the Baptist had an opportunity to tell him, don't be a soldier, if that really was the key. Like, he wrestled with these things. He had an opportunity. He didn't say those things. And so Paul doesn't seem to be against entertainment. It's But he does give us some principles. And that's where we want to bring in the biblical principles here, which we immediately go to Psalm 101, verse 3. I will set no worthless things before my eyes, which I can actually, I can read it out. Um <clears throat> He starts off, verse 1, I will sing of loving kindness and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises, right? We want to put our mind on God. I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. Verse 3 here, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip 
on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. So we want to bring that into the discussion as well. From a biblical pr- uh, principle, do we really want to set worthless things before our eyes? Now we have to wrestle with what is worthless. What What is, you know, that's that's subjective as to how you define worthless. There are things that are clearly, there are things that aren't. We see Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 1 going, obviously, to the very beginning of Psalms with David there, talking about don't stay in the path of sinners, sit in the seat of scoffers, uh, or don't walk in the, the path of, now I'm, now I'm butchering this. Stand in the path of sinners, sits sinner. in the seat of the scornful. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it starts walk, stand, sit is the progression, but yep. I can't remember the specific, and it's different translations, use different words. Either way, um, we want to make sure that we're avoiding that as much as possible because it is worthless. And he talks about it being chaff that the wind will drive away, right? There are worthless things there. Um, and then the last one, of course, is is Philippians 4, verse 8. This is the one that you're probably going to hear most often um, in, in terms of biblical principles. Finally, rather than whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good or repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Right before it in verse 7, it says, um, the peace of God will you know, express all comprehension. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we're to dwell on great things. The peace of God is to... Um, to guard our hearts. These are the biblical principles we do want to live by. Fellas, anything you would add to that side with the biblical principles? Yeah, one of the things that I would add, and this this is going to be very obvious, but I think a lot of Christians need to hear this message, and that is when we're talking about there's a lot of gray area here. One of the areas that to me is is not gray whatsoever, and specifically referring to Philippians 4, or Philippians 4 verse 8, is that if your time spent... Um, ingesting entertainment outweighs the time you spend in spending time with God and spending time in his word, I think we can pretty safely say that that's something that you need to take a closer look at. I think it, what was it, John Piper that said, um, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but basically the idea that one of the biggest advantages to social media is that there will no longer be any excuse for uh, lack of uh, time to pray. Basically, the idea that we got a lot of Christians who are spending all their time on Facebook and social media and kind of pushing prayer by the wayside. And I think that's one of the areas specifically referring to entertainment that you look at Philippians 4 verse 8, you look at the verses that Joe brought up. I think the first thing you need to ask yourself before maybe you even get to the the, the specific questions we're going to get to later, but the question of how much time am I spending in this? Um, is there an argument to be made that I'm spending more time watching Netflix and, you know, listening to, to whatever and, and watching this TV show rather than spending time in God's word. And we, we harp on young people a lot. I think there are a lot of older Christians that do this as well, that think that they get their fill of God. They get their fill of spiritual things when they're at the church building. And the rest of the week is the time that they get to enjoy themselves and, and watch TV and, and do whatever. That's something you need to take a closer look at. Again, if you're spending 10, 12, 15, 20 hours a week on Netflix and uh, whatever, again, fill in the blank, but you're spending two hours a week in God's word and 30 minutes a week in prayer, that's probably something we can safely say is not in the realm of gray. That is a black and white area. Um, But yeah, that's all I had to add there. I think that's something, again, nobody can answer that for you. That's something you've got to answer. Uh, That's something you have to to ask yourself and be honest with yourself about, but that would be an area specifically for any young people that are listening. Ask yourself that. Yeah, I'd tag on to that. I mean, there's 
I've talked before about having the twins and all that. Life uh, does not give a lot of. We haven't watched a lot of TV, I would say, uh, in the last few months or whatever. But every time we get a, a little bit of a break and we can, it's kind of nice to just sit down, unwind, or whatever else. But there is that question of, all right, have my wife and I opened the Bible together or prayed together recently? Uh, because if if we're trying to find time to watch TV, but we're not making time for those things, and so I think you're you're really onto something with the prioritization there, and so that is a consideration that has to come into this. Um, so we we talked a little bit about Romans 14. There's always the you can't bind that. I, I think we're going to talk about objective and subjective. There's things we can't bind. Uh, there's things that really are that wrestle, find your line, find what, what you think God would have you do. Uh, I love how Paul says, I believe it's in Ephesians 5.10, striving to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. We want to be holy. We want to do what is right. We want to dwell on positive things, Philippians 4, you know, of, of that list that's given there. And so there's, there's a usefulness to that um, as far as this discussion goes, but there is a lot of subjectivity. On the other hand, I think there is some objectivity. And so... There, there's a level of opinion and there's a level of fact here. And so, yeah, we're going to do that. I know we can't bind everything. We can't come out and say, God says, throw away your TV. God says you're allowed to watch to this line, you know, PG, and that's the line because that's so arbitrary anyway. You look at how that's even shifted from the 80s to the 90s to now, what ratings, you know, bring what. Um, and so we can't do that. We acknowledge that, but still thinking about these things. And that's, again, think deeper. That's the idea. That's why we're here. And so... Uh, are you guys ready to get into the objective, subjective, and then recommendations? Yeah, yeah let's, do let's do it. All right. So I think objectively, everybody would agree there are things that are off limits to Christians. I think it's very much a black, white, gray kind of thing. There's things that are fine. There's things that are not fine. And then the debate is, and I think it's one of those that the white area of things that are objectively fine is pretty small, but there there is. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, Toy Story. I mean, you watch Toy Story pretty hard. To find. I mean, anybody can nitpick anything. Oh, well, they're, you know, uh, it's a single mother. Like, I, okay, like, I, people do things like that, but it's it's not. <laughs> I, and so you've got those things sure. where you can't say it's wrong to watch those things. Um, you've got things that it, it is just wrong. Um, and everyone would... Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, stuff okay. Like I mean, we would start off with pornography. Obviously, pretty clearly pornographic material is wrong, but it's funny that there's a lot of people that say, amen, brother, and then go, I mean, lots of Christians, because I saw it on my Facebook feed every Sunday night, sat down to watch Game of Thrones. That's wrong. I mean, like, as there was a running joke of like, you know, if, if you can't afford HBO to watch uh, Game of Thrones, watch Lord of the Rings and then stop every 10 minutes and put some porn on and you got, you basically got Game of Thrones. That's how much nudity was in that show and yet people thought it was okay and okay to the point that they weren't even hiding that they were watching it i'm sorry i don't care how good the plot line is how good the story is no you can't watch something that has sex scene after sex scene after sex scene as you brought up 50 shades of gray no um uh what was the one magic mike uh you know about the the male strippers and i mean like uh there's just a lot of things like that that you can look at that and just say clearly absolutely no that's wrong um then you get the gray area, which we're going to get to in a bit. And so, um, yeah, those, those kind of things. To, Go ahead. I was just like to add on to your objective point here, because people are going to make the argument, well, to some extent, isn't even that subjective. When it comes to the to blatant nudity and when it comes to sex scene after sex scene, Wolf of Wall Street was another one that was just like, man, that that, that is a movie that 
know Christian has And we have not seen any of these, just so everybody's aware. We have not seen these. Right. Looked up the reviews and things like that, which we're going to, there's really good resources to review movies and things that we'll get to here at the end. But again, for anybody that might be thinking, well, even that's still subjective. No, it's not. If you're, if you're, if you are watching a movie or watching a show that has blatant nudity in it and, and graphic details of sex scenes and things like that, go to, go to, judgment day and try to argue that yeah that that was fine for me to watch again to me it, it's frustrating that sometimes that type of stuff can get can people can try to shove it into the subjective area when it's not again those are things movies like that 800 f-bombs things like that if if you're in the position of trying to defend that you you found yourself in a really tough spot. and i would say if some of these things well you know my conscience isn't my conscience isn't hurt by these things. Oh, I've run across it so much that it's, you know, not that big a deal. And we'll get into this. Some of this goes into the subjective. But for things like that, Job 31.1, I've made a covenant with my eyes. How then can I gaze upon a virgin? Like that, the sexuality to me is very clearly objective. We don't we don't go there. But if your conscience is such where you think, oh, that's perfectly fine. I once heard somebody talk about going to school in California and the girls were just basically in their swimsuits going to school. Well, I just got so used to it, it wasn't that big a deal. Like, the point of Christianity is for our conscience to be pricked, is for God to be, it's an overhaul process. It's a a sanctification process where those things do prick our conscience because we don't want those things. And so from an objective perspective, well, it doesn't really bother me. It should bother you. If it doesn't, why doesn't it bother you? Well, I just see it all the time. Okay, well, maybe we should start by avoiding some of that if we can. If, if you can't, I realize there's some things, but I think the point of sanctification is for our conscience to be overhauled, where we desire things of the Spirit instead of things of the flesh. So objectively speaking, especially from a sexuality point of view, how quickly does that lead to lust? How quickly could it lead to lust? Even if it doesn't. I had a client recently, a very worldly guy, uh, but he came to me, he's, he's realizing that, man, he's struggling with porn addiction. So he's been clean, I think six months clean. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of him. He's doing a great job. And um, he sat down and watched a movie. I don't know what movie it was, but he watched a movie with his girlfriend. And uh, apparently there's graphic nudity. And he was really, like, disturbed by it. And it was like, I've always seen these things. I just never thought it was a big deal. Now that he's out of the porn world, all of a sudden it's really affecting him. And he's realizing that had a bigger effect on me than I thought it did. Well, only after he got out of that lifestyle did he recognize how much even something as simple as a movie could. So yet, objectively speaking, there are certain things that we can objectively say no Christian should be a part of it, in my opinion. Um, and, and yeah, people may people want to put everything into a subjective box. But before we get into the subjective, that is the principle, which is if you're looking to make something subjective, you need to check your heart. Why are you looking to make something like Game of Thrones subjective? Is it because it's stepping on your toes a little bit to hear that that is a no-go or what? I mean, yeah, there are certainly subjective things. We're, we're transitioning into that. But I think the question of why are we trying to make it subjective needs to come in. So as we transition, fellas, anything else on objective? As we transition into the subjective, that's our overarching theme, which is I want to make sure our heart is right. If our heart is, if our conscience is pricked enough to say this isn't good, I think subjectively even, we need to, it's, it's James 4.17, we need to steer away. It's it's um, a lot of conscience things in the Bible of it may not be objectively wrong, but we want to steer toward holiness and not. So if we're looking for passes or excuses, that's not really what this is about. But there are some difficult things. And the first I'm going to take, and then I'm going to pass it, Jack, to you. How much is too much and how far is too far? This is the subjective. How much cussing? 
let's say, how much language is too much language? I grew up playing hockey. I was hearing F-bombs and hearing all sorts of things that I really didn't want to hear, like dozens and dozens every time I went to play because that's just the way they talked. I even asked them, and they knew. Joe doesn't cuss. I, I never did any of the cussing, and they knew that about me, and some you know, refrained from cussing, which I really appreciated. Um, but how much is too much? When we sit down, like, okay, I'm going to go watch a movie that has five cuss words in it. I hear that in the first three minutes of being at hockey. So can I subjectively say that's not too much for me to handle? That's not, I haven't gone too far into that. Fellas, I'll, I'll, Jack, I'll turn it over to you because it looked like you had a thought, but I also want you to comment on that. Well, the hard part about the objective subjective is it <laughs> the easiest thing in the world is to make it the things that you know you guys are are into that we think go too far. Those are objectively wrong. But when the ones I like, there's some nuance here. Right. Uh, I, I, we don't want to do that. And like right. I said, it is <laughs> like looking at ourselves and saying, you know what? If I watch as I brought up earlier, like looking back on a, a TV show I watched for a while, and no, there wasn't nudity, there weren't sex scenes, there weren't things like that. But it's just like ideologically what why was i watching that it was wrong and so uh, you know I, I don't want to put things into the box of subjective like you said so oh it's subjective i've got room here i'll do what i want and it's the same thing with language like i don't want to make the desensitization argument off limits to somebody else and then take it up for myself and so um on the other hand as uh, when i wrote that article a few years ago about like this is language i would never use uh that, that i i don't think uh, is is proper, you know, and, and there's all the biblical verses on that. On hearing it is a different thing. There are some that argue that Paul in Philippians 3, when he talks about, I count everything but rubbish for Christ, that he essentially used an equivalent of our curse words for trash, for filth, for excrement, you know, for things like that. And and there is, as when I studied that article, there is a case to be made that he was using, we call it strong language for a reason, is it it is above average you know it, it puts a little extra weight on it and so you know there is the question of is there is there the place for that and the entertaining these ideas makes people very uncomfortable uh, i had some people very mad at me for entertaining these ideas okay i the, the question is whether it's right or wrong the question is what is the the biblical teaching on this not what am i comfortable with and so uh how much uh, there's there's a context to it I think um, you know you mentioned Wolf of Wall Street I think Uncut Gems was another one that was like an Oscar winner of some kind a couple of years ago and when you look at the reviews it said like 500 600 800 to 900 oh I think it yeah, was over 800 both of them. 8 or yeah. 900 okay of I mean like yeah that's a lot now uh, a movie where where somebody i don't know i mean like it's one of those where it, it feels like you're justifying it by saying well i can accept one or i can you know like like you said joe of well i'm around people all day in the workplace and i hear it 80 times and if i watch a movie that has two softer curse words in it then like what i don't know but like Again, you said you i don't want to make these are the struggles right, i don't want to yeah, make yeah. the sensitization because i just bash the sensitization side of it of well we should be having our conscience more clear but i do think well, there is something different on, between I, I do and the sexual sorry will go that's exactly what i was going to say i i don't think we can equate hearing language and watching a sex scene or viewing that's movie. true i agree you know, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna make the argument oh well it's all sin in god's eyes okay sure yes i'll give you that lust looking at a at a naked woman or watching a sex scene to me you can't say that's the same thing as hearing a four letter word 
saying it, you saying it and you watching it, maybe sure you can make that argument, but me, I don't want us to make that equation. I, I think sometimes we can be tempted to throw everything into the same category. Oh, well, it's all bad. Sure, but there's levels to this. Again, I think I don't think you can you can make the argument that those things are, are the same because Joe, you, you brought that up about you and hockey. I was the same thing with a, with a job that I had a few years ago. Um, goodness, I probably heard two to, between two and three hundred cuss words a day. Like it was just it was it was natural. I, I was never tempted to cuss. I never did cuss. You know, I, same as you. I had people that. I had one guy one time look at me and go, "Will, why don't you cuss?" You know, he he was just that. That's all we heard in our atmosphere with the people that that worked for us and things, and so they were just shocked. And it was one of those things. It was kind of cool um, because I would have people that would cuss and then look, "Oh, I'm so sorry." You know, that they knew that that was you know similar to you, Joe. But I, I did want to to comment on the difference there because I personally think that there is a difference, and I'll, I want you guys to get back in on that too. I, I think probably we all agree there. But listening to a cuss word versus saying a cuss word. Is there a difference there? That that's another question. Uh, so comment on that for just a second. I think I think we can we can confidently say that the sexuality, the stuff we've already hit, that falls into the more objective category. And it, I think it's irresponsible to equate viewing and watching those things with hearing. A I cuss think word. the principle of inciting or inviting sin stands here. For instance, when some when I hear a cuss word, does that invite me to sin? Does that incite me towards sinning? No, not really. It, it, it just doesn't. I don't, I'm not tempted to use that language. I understand they're using it for a reason. Sometimes it's gratuitous. Um, I think they're gratuitous just gets ridiculous. And there were so many problems with uncut gems. And from, it's one of those, as you're reading the Christian review, it's like, I'm just going to stop here. I don't need the rest even in my mind in reading because it's just so bad. Um, however, with lust, that very much is inciting me to sin. And inviting me to sin, to lust. Well, and the, the the perfect the perfect evidence of this is that if you have a job where there's a lot of cussing around you, should you get a different job? Maybe, but nobody's going to tell you that. If you've got a job where you're around a bunch of naked women all day, you should probably yeah, go exactly. get a different job, right? And that would be something that everybody would be confident in telling you. So that in and of itself evidences yes, the difference. Yes, what I struggle with is violence because just because I watch... Right, that's kind Correct. of the third I, I want to transition yeah. into that because that's the other one is is you consider any Christian review or well, what people are talking. Hang on. There's something we didn't get at on the foul language thing that adds to the this is more subjective than you think. Number one, you there's not really Bible verses directly about hearing foul language, you know, like as such. Number two, when we say it, we're, we kind of know what we're talking about and we know which words are definitely on the list, but what all words are on the list are very subjective from house to house. We had things growing up that like we were not allowed to say that our friends were, but then other things that we, my mom and dad just didn't care about that our friends were like, you're allowed to say that. And so like that, with what things I will accept hearing and which ones I won't. Because again, I go back to, well, let's just shut off our TVs and open up our books. A lot of the books you're going to read have this stuff in it. And I'm not just talking about recent books, but I mean, like, there's... And so uh, your list of what words are good words and bad words or acceptable and unacceptable is subjective. Uh, there Again, I think there's black, white, gray on that as well of, like, this is really bad. This isn't debatable. This is fine. And so... All I'm getting at is there's a little more subjectivity on here that we want there to be, and that is our legalistic heart saying, just give me the list. Give me the list, God. Give me the list of words. Give me when I'm allowed to hear them, when I'm not allowed to hear them. That's that's not where spiritual maturity comes from. Spiritual maturity comes from wrestling and saying, 
what would God have me do? What is God okay with? What is he left to us and what is he not? And man, it again, I'm just I, I'm just saying it, it's harder. People want it to be an open and shut case. And when I would start talking with people, especially when I wrote that article, it just wasn't. Even I could get them all arguing with each other because there's so many different lines of, man, again, listening to this podcast, I'm sure is probably pretty frustrating because getting on here and hearing, well, it's up to you. It's subjective. It's difficult. Yeah, probably not real helpful, but that's kind of the point. And for parents, what do I do with my kids, right? Look, if there's if you have a 13-year-old and he's hanging out with some 15, 16-year-olds, they think they're cool and they're cussing. A lot of times the 13-year-old falls in line and he starts saying some cuss words. You go, what in the world? Why, why is that? Where did this come from? Get him away from those friends. Well, why? They're, he should be able to handle it. Look, he's not mature enough to handle, to hear that and to not let that invite him towards sin. Now, me at 28 years old can hear some cussing from people and realize they're being idiots and they that we don't need to... I'm not going to use that. The 13-year-old may not be ready for that. Peer pressure, everything else. You have to know from an individual perspective, not just your own, but know from an individual perspective your kid's situation and whether they should be going to that Marvel film, which right now they're Disney. I'm, I'm boycotting Disney. I wouldn't take them to any Marvel film. But, like, if, if you're taking you them to a around. film... No, I was... Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, look, it, got, it only got worse. We did our boycott video, and within a week, it's like, oh, my word. They just keep going so from I, bad to worse. There's something. I think this... what I just heard is Jack one, uh, Jack one the the conversation. Well, I'm no, referring to a YouTube video we Mark, did hey, last there's a, year. There's so. a there's a first time and, for everything. Well, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking what I can get. It's less anyway, you and more uh, that Disney. YouTube digging. video is up on our uh, our Focus Press YouTube channel. If anyone's interested about boycotting the mouse, I think we called it yeah, exactly. And and yeah, I came because Disney kept digging the hole deeper. But um, you need to understand what your kid is able to hear do not be taking a nine-year-old to a film with you know a bunch of cussing why because they're not able to hear it and again i think it incites them or invites them i don't know i keep going back and forth with those words because inviting isn't quite it inciting and i I don't know either way um it it draws them toward the possibility of them using that language because they're not old enough and mature enough to really understand it i want to shift into though the violence side of it because i think we can draw a hard line on the sexuality that's not okay we draw a softer line on the cussing. We know it's not okay to use it, but it's also where in hearing it, it's it's difficult to know. Fellas, what are your thoughts on violence? I'll, I'll share a, a quick 20-second spiel. Um, violence for me is very difficult. I get squeamish for particular like sword violence. Even going back to, you can watch cleaned up versions of, of movies, Braveheart, whatever it is. I The Patriot, I just can't, I'm not a big violence guy. I have a tough time with it. Not because I want to go kill somebody and stab somebody with a sword after. It's not inviting me to sin as much as I don't want to put that in front of my eyes. But that's a personal, once again, personal for me. What are your thoughts? I have some thoughts, but Will, why don't you so, take a stab at it? Sorry. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. <Idiot>. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, this is one of those... I always hate bringing this point up because it sounds so ridiculous i guess but specifically with the violence and even with the sexual content you ever read the bible you ever read the old testament that is true you you ever read the the scene in where they're they're cutting up the woman into bits and pieces Mm. and sending her and and i i know it's different than watching it i get it but the argument that well you shouldn't have any of it in your mind there's a lot of violence in the bible there there's so and i'll I'll isolate to the violence questions we've already kind of hit the sexuality thing 
there's a lot of violence in the Bible. And so I know that might sound like a, a weird argument to make, but for the person that is going to stand up and say, you should not have your mind or look at any kind of violent movie, violent anything. Look, there's wars in the Bible. There's, again, these scenes where they're, they're stabbing people with blunt ends of spears in Second Samuel and stuff like that. And so I don't know. I, that's, I, that's not really an answer. That's just another angle of it that I wanted to throw out there. But violence is, is something that, for me, watching The Patriot is not going to incite me to go stab somebody or cut somebody's head off. It's just not. Um, that's my answer. What do you guys have to, to add to that? It It is hard. And it's kind of funny. Some people I know, you guys have probably run into this too, really make a distinction for historical stuff. Like if you're telling a real story of, you know, the American Revolution or World War II movies or whatever, that that's okay because we're we're kind of like it's almost educational and so this is something that I don't really love happened. that though because violence and is violence. You get into exactly. apocalypto which was like you know human sacrifice uh, and yeah. such it, well it happened like right all right yeah and so that's the the, uh, the subjectiveness of this one it can can kind of be all over the map and so it i know there's kind of the because we talked about horror movies and we talked about halloween right and I mean, just somebody going around a serial killer kind of thing, like, man, that's, that's, this is not dwelling on things that are good or noble or, or whatever else. But, you know, on the other hand, as you brought up, Will, Old Testament stuff, especially, um, you know, good guy, bad guy, cowboy, the shootout, you know, at high noon kind of stuff. Like, is this, man, it's with all this, you just, you wish there was a rule. You wish there was a, you know, don't put this in your mind, but these stories tell us things. And that's what we talked about at the start with the the archetype thing. We learn from things. And I, I think as we talk about the subjectivity of all this, it leads to the bigger question that a lot of people ask. And I, I think this really comes from the um, total boycott people is why do you need it? If, if you're having to wrestle with all this stuff, why, you know, and if you're trying to ple- be pleasing to God, why do you, why would, why, what argument is there to even be made for a movie what argument is there being made for watching something that might have a word or two in it or you know somebody getting killed in it or or whatever else like that's the argument that they come at with it and and i can see why it's a compelling argument i have my answer to that but why don't you guys uh pontificate a bit on that entertainment is as old as time in my opinion i i don't think in my opinion i don't think entertainment was directly in in contrast to God uh, or in defiance of God. I think God intended us to enjoy our time on earth. And how do I know that? Because he gave us eyes to see amazing things. He gave people senses of humor. He gave us the ability to write. Um, I I think he gave us like language for that reason for us to be able to use it for the entertaining purposes. God clearly has a sense of humor. He created things like platypus and such. I mean, he's, God is, is, I think a in a way, yes, he's a terrifying and, and awesome God, but he's also got a sense of humor that I think is okay to bring. Well, what is that? There's an entertainment value there. There is the the Bible and the way that they construct stories. There's an entertainment value there. Whether you want it to be or not, read go through read Daniel Meshach or um um read Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's a riveting story. Read Esther, that's a riveting story. Like and and they also had plays the the Jews had plays going back the Israelites um, and still do from my understanding around certain feast days and such where they would reenact certain things well what is it this goes this is a historically based argument saying entertainment is 
in my opinion, just about as old as time, and I don't think all of it was was bad. I think God allowed that and created us with that in mind, that we would enjoy ourselves the same way he created mountains and trees and everything else to be enjoyed. Right, and I don't want to say too much on that because I think that's a good way to sum it up in the sense that I think the people that say throw your TV out the window and get rid of everything are basically making the argument that entertainment's wrong when it's not. Immoral entertainment, sure, and like we've said, there's a lot of stuff that we do think is objective, but watching a movie with your spouse, you know, sitting back and, and enjoying something with your with your kids, the people that say throw all that out the window, again, they may not say it this way, but they're basically implying that enjoying yourself, enjoying something that the world produced is is, is wrong in, in and of itself, and, and I simply, Joe, I'm with you. I simply don't think that's the case. Uh, I want to get it, uh, Jack. I know you. I think there's some stoic philosophy in that. Is all I was going to say. Well, as you were saying that, there's some stoic philosophy of well, why don't we just give it all up? And stoicism, I think, is part Gnosticism. I think it creeps into the church, and we can start pushing. That's what the Greek Stoics did. It's just let's just back out of society. That's what the monks did. I'm not saying that. I don't think that's better. Well, and I, I want the listeners, and I'm sure they've picked up on it already. That this is probably the most befuddled we've ever been with an episode you know we have taken a lot of hard stances we have we have come down on things that ticked people off and people just blatantly disagree with us because that's what we, that's what we do we think deeper we, we try to take some stances things like critical race theory wrong flat out on its face things like public schools we came out and said we don't think that's a good idea at all this is one of those that we struggle with because we don't want to lead people astray we don't want to say oh yeah it's all subjective just go watch and listen to whatever you want but we also think the other side is bad too. And so again, I'm sure the, our listeners have picked up on just how difficult of an episode this is. Um, but Jack, I think you had an answer or an answer that you wanted to give before we wrap up with our kind of our good practices. section. Yeah. Just on that question of why, as I said before, a lot of those people are usually the let's go to books people. Well, if you're reading fiction, that's entertainment. It's ideas being put in your head. It's, it's, not really that much different. Uh, and so this is just something we're going to do. In one way or another, we're going to fill our time and, and enjoyable. I mean, that's something we get out of Ecclesiastes is, man, there's things in life to be enjoyed, and it's okay to enjoy them to a degree. There's certain things you shouldn't enjoy. That's fine. But And this is to the Romans 14 point as well of, you know what? You, your fellow Christian might look at something and think, I'm allowed to enjoy that, and you look at it and say, I'm not allow each other that again yeah i think there is some uh black and white but i think uh, among this gray area we have to learn the things i don't want to be entertained by i don't think i should that doesn't necessarily mean everyone shouldn't because again you're gonna find some level of entertainment you're gonna find some something to fill your time with and and uh, again i'm not saying this i'm not not drawing a line to give myself permission i don't hardly ever watch tv shows i don't i don't have time at this point in my life and so it's not like man i want to i've got a i got big plans to be at the movie theater on friday night and so i've got to say anything goes do it do what you want i can't draw a hard line it's really not that it's i want to get this right in god's eyes and i don't think he has taken entertainment and enjoying such things away from us but he has given us discernment to figure out where we should be and i think that gets us into our our good practices recommended practices uh, for this as we get into it. Um, we've, got, we've got a few of them here. We've mentioned one a couple times, uh, pluggedin.com. It's done by Focus on the Family, who is not associated with Focus Press, but uh, a Christian-ish organization out of uh, 
I say Christian-ish because they are denominational, but you know, you get the idea, um, out of Colorado Springs. And something I don't understand is they send somebody to every movie that comes out uh, to, to post a review. Uh, I could not take that job. But even yeah. the awful yeah, ones. Yeah, I think some things we mentioned, the 800 cuss words in a, a movie, Some one of them had to sit there and make tally marks of how many times the F word was used in those movies. I couldn't take that job, but somebody does. Another um, and and it's a useful uh, thing. I was just gonna say another another site is kidsinmind.com um, com that has like a number rating from one to ten on sex and nudity, violence and gore, and then language. I'll say real quick the reason I'll, I'll give a plug for plugged in. Um, the reason I like that one better is because it kind of gets into the story of the movie and kind of really asks like. What's what's the message and is this a message? Yes, it highlights the cuss words and highlights the the scenes and things like that. But it also really gets to the heart of the the uh, the movie and says, hey, is this a message that we really want to be uh, watching uh, and want our kids to be watching? So that's the IMDb one I like has their own parental as does Common Sense Media. Personally, I would avoid those. It's not done by Christians. They're not viewing the same. A lot of people I think are aware of Common Sense. Um, I think it's CommonSense.org or Common Sense Media. Personally, I wouldn't. I would go to Plugged In. I'd go to Kids in Mind. I think those are good. If you are going to watch, fellas, what are your thoughts on ClearPlay and VidAngel? Those are two others that can clean it up. Uh, VidAngel, or ClearPlay has its own DVD system, Blu-ray, I guess now. Um, but you can also stream online, and you can choose what you want to take out of the movies on both of those, VidAngel and ClearPlay. They do cost. VidAngel is a lot cheaper. Um, but... What are your thoughts on the ability to just remove it? Should we be using... I, I think we should be using those, but I think there's some debate surrounding some of that. Yeah, I know some people really have a problem with like the giving money to buy a DVD that has bad stuff in it, but then I'll pay extra money for something to take that stuff out, and boy, you shouldn't be giving them your money in the first place. I get that. I also understand the idea of this becomes a perfectly you know good story things that uh, like again some of these historical things like man that's a really good movie that that uh, you know our parents had things like that if i want you to watch this because of the history behind it and it helps you understand this but no not this part and so we'll take that out there's a usefulness to that i get that and so that is another thing i think up for personal debate is if if you feel comfortable with that giving the money and then having the bad taken out versus you know what i just i don't want to be associated with it at all and i would i can see both i would also say there's some movies that just aren't worth it and it goes to the point of the movie wolf of wall street first off it's gonna be a 15 minute movie if you cut out all the bad stuff from my understanding of it second off consider the tone and and the point of the movie do we really need to have our kids or should we really be watching things that are about cheating people and, and everything else, which I think is the point of it? Um, I, yeah, drug addicts, financial scams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Not, not great. So something to consider as well is, yeah, you can cut it out. You can cut out the bad stuff. Should you? Is that something you should be engaging in? Um, the the next thing, good practice is we're talking, check out Plugged In, check out ClearPlay, VidAngel. Um, I would say the next one is, look, study this with an open heart. As we said, this is an individual thing. You may be very tempted to, you know, write us out, write us something and say, how could you, you know, push some of these things? Study it. That's all we're asking for. That's what we're looking to do. That's what we have done. We're trying to study this with an open heart to determine what is going to make us holy. Can I watch this and not, you know, not be taken away from God? Study that for yourself and see where you fall on that. But study with an open heart. You can go in and, well, I already know this is wrong. Hold on. See what you find. I think you'll be a little bit surprised if you go to find something like listening to cussing. You may take a hardline stance on that, and that's okay, but go study that with an open heart, see what you find. You might be surprised by some of those things. 
the other thing I would say as far as a good practice would be when possible, direct yourself to, I guess, more Christian-based entertainment options. Obviously, I'm not saying that's all you can watch, but move, shows like The Chosen. Haven't personally watched it, but I've heard it's it's a very it's it's entertaining, but it's also got um it, I mean it's it's based on Jesus and the disciples, and so that's a very healthy uh, show to watch. There's there's movies that, that granted yes they're made by denominational people, but they got Christian messages. Movies like Courageous and, and Fireproof and things like that. Those are always great options. Again, it's not to say that those are the only movies you can watch, but if you're gathering around for a family movie night and, and you're debating between you know, what's the latest Hollywood movie that's come out, maybe go with one of the ones that has a, 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 a better message. Again, not every time, maybe, but these are things that this is where I think Philippians 4.8 comes into play. What are we setting our mind on? What are the, the messages of the movies? And there's a lot of movies that Hollywood has produced I really, really like. There's also a lot of movies that Hollywood has produced that our kids and ourselves really don't have any business ingesting the, the, the message. Again, forget the content. What's the heart of the movie? What's the message of the movie? And there's a lot of good options out there, um, pure flicks that, that has put out some movies like that. So that would be another thing that I would consider. I would say something uh, I watched in high school and in preaching school came back around was Francis Schaeffer's How Should We Then Live video series. And I think it's available for free on YouTube. I might have mentioned it before. It's really incredible. It's from the 70s, and so it's not getting into some of this stuff as much. But it shows how art and practices and way of life and, and politics, like all of the things of real life, reflect the philosophy of the age. And, you know, like, hey, in this painting, notice how big this person is. And, and like the, this era of painting, you know, like look at these features that they accentuated. And the philosophers of this time were also big on these things, and it comes out in the art of the people. And that helps you see with these movies. Man, when I watch, again, Bambi from the 1950s with my kids, you can see the philosophy, the, the worldview of the people who made it. And then you watch Turning Red, which, again, I haven't watched, but, like, it, it reveals so much. And I think that's just a very interesting thing. Total uh, extra credit if you want to go do that one. But uh, very interesting stuff there that I think helps you understand what movies, TV, what, what art does to us, music as well. And so... Uh, that's just a, a, a total aside, but I want to finish on the subjectivity thing again. Other than the people who say anything goes, who honestly nobody believes anything goes, almost nobody, because then you're talking pornography or whatever else. So you've got that extreme side of it that basically people over there don't exist. Then you've got the throw out the TV, shut it all off people, which I get, but again, books, whatever else, what, what are you bringing into your house in its place? Leaves a question. Everybody else has... A, a line that they draw that's different from somebody else's that is subjective that they do not have book chapter verse on that's the thing you have to admit if if you're mad at the conclusions we've drawn if you wish we would have taken a harder line you have to realize there's a subjectivity the thing that you say is okay and anything beyond that isn't there's somebody who looks at you and goes wow you're okay with that on the other hand there's somebody who looks and goes well it's it's probably not that big of a deal and so you have this is the the heart of Romans 14 is allowing for each other some room on these things while also agreeing that there are governing principles as well and so um I okay we, we've got our group think question we're trying to uh narrow this down to what we want to do I, I think this would the church be better off if every Christian threw out their tv that's an extreme really question. I know question. Yeah. that is. It's not, I, we're not binding that. Again, I, 
we haven't done that. I mean, I, we're in fact, we're all going to gather. This will come out next week, so you'll have, you're hearing it the day after. When we're recording it, we're all gathering at my house around the TV on Sunday to watch a football game. We will not be watching the halftime show for reasons outlined uh, here, but the TV is still there. And so don't get me wrong. We are not binding it. We are not chopping up our TVs with baseball bats or anything like that right now. Maybe we should. So that's the well, group and, think and question. And with the group think question, I would encourage everybody who comments yes, Christians should throw out their TVs to give a little bit of reasoning why. No, don't don't post eight paragraphs worth because quite frankly, I'm not gonna read it. But um <laughs> comment why. Same thing on if on if you say, um, no, we don't think Christians should throw out their TVs. Give us a why. Again, it's important to give the yes or no, but it's important to give the why too. I, I am very interested to see what what our answers are for that because I think it's a really good question. I'm excited to see what the deep thinkers who have listened to this discussion say about it. I am not excited to see the people scrolling by on Facebook who have none of the context. <laughs> sure. We're going to get some bad responses. So, But you guys listening, help us out here. We need your responses. Um, as we wrap, once again, we're still working on our, our 50 states of deep thinkers. We are up to 27 and a Canadian province. So shout out to Alberta. No Calgary Flames or Edmonton Oilers. Sorry, we're rooting against you there, but we're glad to have you listening. Nobody knows who that um, is, Jack. Those are hockey teams. Sorry for all you people that yep, watch. Joe and I know who it is. The person in Alberta knows who that is. Let's not insult the <laughs> If they don't, sorry, that would be uh, really, really sad. That would be weird. Would be I don't weird. know how they... No, I think she's a Flames fan, so oh. shout out up there. Um, the other thing, Joe mentioned the seminars, but then I want to give a teaser. Next week, we're talking evangelism. Um it's a hard subject. It's going to be, uh, I mean, it, it's a simple subject, but it's difficult. And so I, I'm really excited about what we have planned for next week. So keep an eye out for that. Is there anything else we need to say before we get out of here? Make sure to check in right, or so tune in to Think Fast. Uh, we will be doing it yeah. again, oh, yes. 7 p.m. on Thursdays, 7 p.m. Central. Yeah. we got so much going on. Every Thursday night on the Focus Press Facebook page, Think Fast. Um, just short 15, 20 minute discussions. Join us there. Watch them anytime after we're done. But it's live, um, so feel free to comment. Be, we love yes, it, we, and we, we will love read it on the live listeners uh, in the chat. And so uh, join us for that. Anyway, um, I just threw a million things at you. So I uh, hope you were taking notes, wrote them all down, uh, engage with all of those things. And we will talk to you guys next week.